Last time on Dice Funk, Amen. Philippa is a snowy owl aracocra, um, and she's an anthropologist. She was raised druid. It's like it's it is her religion. It does give her magic powers. It's 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 there and it's a part of things. But like, you know what she really cares about is is studying cultures and learning about them. Okay, are there any like pressable buttons on the obelisk? Can I interact with it? Yeah, I think there probably are some buttons and some slots for things. So you're like two thirds of the way there. And then Sun Moon Stars took me to a wonderful hand picking place where a group of people had frozen into a block of ice. Oh my but their God. hands were sticking out. So we took the hands and we stuck them onto my body. So Sun Moon Stars can hold my hand at any angle. I like you the way you are, which is to say, the way you're always changing. I don't want you to be anything specific. I just like how you're always trying things and experimenting. I am curious. I want to know what your dreams are. Did you know that if I integrated with your brain, I could see your dreams? I'm uh, looking for something, um, but I'll know it when I see it, don't worry. Okay, and it's here, presumably? Yeah, it was for a friend. You just have three discs you can deploy whenever you want. They can each carry, uh, let's see here. Oh God, so much. 500 pounds, so 1,500 pounds added to your carrying capacity. And Ozzy's gonna be walking towards the broken glass. This is the second person close to the mystic Ozzy who has gone missing. The first person was never found. Keep an eye out. Don't turn your back on it. I was following the pack, all swallowed in the coats, the scars of red tied round their throats. I keep their little heads from falling in the snow, and I turn round, and there you go. And Michael, you would fall and turn the white snow red as strawberries in the summertime. Austin, you did crimes. Milkshake crimes. You you need to atone for your crimes. You've fallen from lawyer down to milkshake criminal. Allegedly. How does it feel to have descended so low? Okay, so here's what happened. I got my girlfriend a milkshake. <laughs> it's very nice of me to do, if I say so myself. I see the lawyer talk starting, trying to set us up to be on your side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe you have personal experience with this, and I'm sorry, Mari, that you have to hear me argue in this way. Oh, no. But in my defense, uh, she was stuck in a business meeting for like an hour, and it was sitting there looking at me, all delicious and so forth. Oh, no. And no. I figured, well, she didn't know I was getting it for her. It was a nice surprise, so she won't <laughs> mind if I just drink it. Oh, my God. You promised a milkshake to a woman and then ate it? No, it was a surprise milkshake. Okay, so was... you could have just said it. You could, why didn't you just not say anything? I, that's exactly where I went wrong, Mari. Thank you for backing me up. That was the, my mistake. It only became a crime when you said this was yours, but that seems like a mind game, honestly. This is the Spartan law. You 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 messed up by getting caught. That was your that was your only crime here. If that happened to me, I would legit think that you were trying to hurt me on purpose. I would honestly think that you were doing that. My proposal for you 
it, my proposal to you is to reload your save state, take the milkshake, <laughs> and before it melts, put it in the freezer. Well, yeah, obviously that's hold the it. that's the pro player. That's the speedrun strat, mm -hmm. obviously in this mm -hmm. meta. Yeah. But I didn't no, know that. No, the speedrun strat is to buy two milkshakes. <laughs> that is true. Oh, I'm just made of milkshake money, Laura. <laughs> Wait, why did you get one milkshake anyway? I'm because I was trying to do a nice thing and I didn't think I wanted it. <laughs> what? This That's doesn't make. I think I don't. I don't believe your story, honestly. You, you, you are you are the person at the table who says they doesn't. They don't want chips, and then you start eating the chips off the plate, yeah. even though you said you didn't mm -hmm. want chips. That is you. I have a yep. hard time believing that. I genuinely think that there must have been nefarious intentions. Like you did this to hurt her, and I don't know why. I just I'm like, why? Why would this? The only way it makes sense is if you're evil. Next, next time I get like a a botch and you. You're gonna do something mean to my character, you know? Maybe, maybe you just go really easy on my character, and maybe I go easy on you being a milkshake criminal. I'm angry now. <laughs> wow. So, Mari, Mari, would you classify this crime as milk slaughter? Is that what happened here? I don't. Is that know. what happened here? There is nothing. Mm. I just, I, if this happened to me, first of all, I would be devastated. Second <laughs> of all, I really would think that Austin had done something on purpose to hurt me, because yep. why would they buy the milkshake? Uh -huh. And then drink it, and then tell me, oh, you took too long, I ate it, and it was supposed to be for you, and I only bought one. Like, what kind of mind games, you lawyer? I'll say this, I would assume there was no milkshake, and it was just, the, the heart was the only part of the plan. Oh yeah, I had this milkshake, I was gonna give it to you, but then I had it, it was delicious. Like, what the hell, Austin? <laughs> Oh no. Austin, we love you. Just like... Everybody is not on your side at all. <laughs> See, Austin, Austin, do you wanna know do you wanna know what this is really about, Austin? Someone who hurt Mari. <laughs> no. What this is really about is we need to get Sophie into the habit of like just really, really hassling you because that is the dice funk way. <laughs> you should post this on slash relationships and they get slaughtered. Oh, that's what I was going for. I'm I'm trying to get in on the Austin hassle. I've yeah. got a little note here from from my listen back of the old episodes. Hassle Austin a lot, and I'm, you know, I'm just trying to blend exactly. In. It's 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 a tradition at this point. I'm just genuinely angry about it. It didn't even happen to me. I'm just so mad. Austin, what D and D crimes are you doing to us today? Well, I think we should actually start the episode with uh, Sophie introducing themselves again and also their character again, just because the first couple of episodes, you want to get the audience familiar with your oh. links and your class and your alignment and all that stuff, the names, the voices. The crime is putting the spotlight on me. That's the crime. Okay. Um, so I'm Sophie. I'm Vema Sophie on Twitch and Twitter. I'm CurioVids on Patreon and youtube.com slash C slash CurioVids where I do like video essays about junk. It's fun. I have a video up on my Patreon right now about why the Matrix sequels are good actually. So uh, go check that stuff out. And I play uh, Philippa who is an owl, a snowy owl Aarakocra. She's an anthropologist and she loves animals and she uh, is also a druid. That's her class. Um, but as I said previously, I kind of figure she's she was raised a druid it's not the biggest thing in her life what she's really all about is her academic studies um so that she's in in she's in uh druid religion for the for the sick powers mainly um she's kind of good neutral 
And have I missed anything? Circle of the Shepherd. Um, speaking of Shepherd, she has a big fluffy white sheep called Nobi. She's very soft. Um, I think that's where the episode starts, is you feeding Nobi outside the governor's lodge mm. as the group decides where to go next. So we just open up on Nobi, a beautiful coat, cute face, little hooves. What else? What are the great parts about a sheep? Tell me probably is really nice. Uh, ears, probably ears. I mean, just the it's a one big massive soft delight, really. So It's a very efficient animal. Yeah, so Philippa uh, would be just like... I, I, I think she just has kind of a handful of oats at all times, maybe like a, a, a po- an oat pocket, the, so she can just grab some, some oats out and go like, here you go, Van, and like feed a little like a uh, handful of oats to, um, to Nobi wherever they are, whenever, whenever the need arises. I too have a pet. Would you like our pets to play? <laughs> what, what kind of pet is it? It's a cat. Um... I mean, maybe. I feed it my body parts. Oh, how big is it? Mm, about the size of 20 of your sheep. <laughs> Slime isn't very good at math. That's okay. Okay, I, didn't, I can remember how big the lion was. <laughs> That'd be a huge lion. <laughs> was like five? Should I say, okay, about the size of five of your sheep. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Um. I'll, I'll check my calendar and maybe sometime... I've, it's been fed many bodies and rats. It won't eat your sheep, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of this opening with you on your way to, you know, while you're talking about whatever you're going to do for the plot, just like <laughs> swinging by Slime's house, and you see there's a big uh, good neighbor who has put its entire arm through the roof of your house, Slime, and its arm is inside the building, and you just hear Cat uh, growling and snarling. Oh, no. Who is upsetting my cat? Who is upsetting my cat? This is upsetting. It, it, it appears that one of the good neighbors that is meant to uh, replace or supplant you is trying to tend to cat. I, sho- I cast shocking grasp on the good neighbor. I don't like this. This is my space. This is my cat. Uh-huh. Okay. Slime runs up on the good neighbor. Uh, tell me about shocking grasp. Yeah, so I'm going to shoot slime tendrils out of my fingers and then do, like, electricity out of me into the the big good neighbor. And it is a robot taking lightning damage, so this is going to be particularly effective. Unless I roll like a butt. Yes! (laughs) 26 is not like a butt. Yeah! I mean, it's like a very good butt. True. All right, 2d8. (laughs) I guess that could go either way. Five. Yikes, my gikes. That's not very good. No. <laughs> That's bad damage, homie. My rolls have not been great. Yeah, so you you shock the good neighbor, and it definitely, like, shudders, um, but it's more, like, uh, static and not, like, the big lightning show you were hoping for. Um, I think the good neighbor pulls its arm out of the building and turns to you, and you see its arm that was inside the building it is a big brush, like a big hairbrush, um, and it swings it at you. Look out. He's going to brush you. No one brushes my cat, my cat but me. Uh-huh, 12. Oh. You're a wizard, so. Oh, I'm a ten, camera class 10, so that hits hard. Well, you don't know how hard yet. Okay. Four. Yeah. Yay! Four. 
Uh, so yeah, the, the the good neighbor brushes you aggressively, and it's like too hard, and it hurts. But it is just a big hairbrush, as if for a cat. I cast acid splash. <laughs> How dare you to, brush me? Yeah. Brush cat. I I I do not want to be fluffed in this manner. <laughs> I do not ask for a fluffer here. Philippa would like see this going on, look at the other two, engage their reactions, and her reasoning would very much be like, I did like take on like three of these already. I don't know. It might be appropriate for her to uh, exert her frustration on this good neighbor. If slime gets hurt a bit, I will make sure to tend to her wounds. Otherwise, I think that this is a matter between a, a pet and their owner. So can you keep an eye on uh, the situation here for a minute? Um, Neelith, I really wanted to get a, um, the recipe for the thing you were cooking earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, no worries. I, I will, I will sort that for you now. I cast acid splash! I cannot tell from how that was said if that was a legitimate request or if this was a, I need an excuse to get away from the very big cat question mark. <laughs> oh, it's a small conversation. It would be, like, ducking away, like, Philippa would go, like, Okay, so the situation is, um, Gigi, he said to keep an eye on Aze because someone has gone missing around Aze before, and, like, so this is the second person around Aze who's gone missing, and I think he suspects Aze, but also, I don't know how to feel about this. Like, I've been gone for a long time, Gigi got this big promotion, but also he would... I feel like he he's never, like, taken so hard against someone like this before, and I don't know how to feel about it, so I wanted to tell you privately. It's not like Gigi to be like this without reason. Like, they're not someone, you know, I know that they didn't, you know, get on great with the genius, but I, I'm not going to deny it's not a little... Coincidental and suspicious that Arze, you know, has been around a couple of people who have vanished, but that's not the vibe I got off Arze, and I. Arze is like the trustworthy, sensible one in the group. I. It's weird to me that Gigi would. would jump to this. That's how I'm feeling too. Like, I don't. I haven't known. Aze long, but I stayed with this, these orcs when I was studying how they do trade a long time ago, and um, one of them was this very old orc, um, and he he was just really grumpy, and he was like, oh, all the time, and that's kind of how, that's the vibe, if that makes sense, but I don't know, I'm not, eh, I don't know how to explain this. I, I'm not good. I'm not good at understanding people. But there's a bit of me that says, "Do we trust Gigi because you know they've been around Arze as long as they have?" Or I, I don't know. This is weird. Well, I just wanted to let you know about it. Really, I mean, I appreciate it. Like, I, I guess for now, the best I can do is. Keep an eye on Arze, but also just keep an eye on Gigi as well, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I think so. And I also just wanted to get that 
Uh, kebab skewer you made because that was actually delicious. I would like to know what was in there. Oh, I, I didn't know if that was just a social ruse or not. Okay, yeah, I can actually give you <laughs> no, the recipe. Yes, and it was and it wasn't, you know, it's a, one of these things where, you know, you're... <laughs> So I think I think there the scene sort of we, we we fade away to to recipes being done. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I feel like Ozzy just leaning against something and like mildly coaching slime as they're just having at it with the uh, the good neighbor. Ozzy <laughs> isn't went against something reading how to how to be good at disappearing people or such. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is also like, like, yeah, like Ozzy has the big book of being a suspicious target. Hmm. <laughs> uh, being grumpy persistently. This seems very easy to do. Uh. Ozzy's grown a big mustache and is twirling it villainously. No, see, the problem is that that the, the genius of Grendel had a big mustache. Mm. That would imply that I got rid of them to get their mustache. Oh, oh no, though. No, that's huh. pretty grim. No, no, that, that's too obvious. No, no, we can't go with that. Also, Austin, what did you do there? I crit. I so I rolled uh, uh, for the good neighbor to hold down slime to clip her nails. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no! I am <laughs> only programmed to take care of cats. Wow, I, I will say this: that is an extremely wholesome good neighbor. Honestly, oh, it's too wholesome. Uh, so seven damage with my crit. Um, so I think I mean you're a bu- you're a corpse inside of a bunch of slime. So it's one arm is a big brush and the other is nail clippers. And so it like knocks you down, pins you to the ground g- gently but firmly, and then accidentally clips off like part of your limbs. Ah! <laughs> the, the clippers are way too big for your body. This is not helpful. Ozzy's going. Ozzy's going to break out the thorn whip and try to grapple with it and try to pull it off of slime. Uh, so he, he, he gets uh, the the stars form in his orb, like a a sort of like a vine like whip with little gleaming stars forms along it comes out of uh, out of his sleeve. Well, whatever he just kind of manifests and he swings it at the good neighbor with a resounding twenty one. Oh yeah, and then he tries to pull it off of slime. Uh, seven damage is what he has. Yeah, to start. So, is that a strength contest? Yeah, let's just do a strength contest. Why not? All right. All right. Uh, 21. All right. Well, I can't beat that number, but maybe I can roll an 11. Maybe I can roll an 11. Yeah, so you've done seven more damage to it. Um, so it's it, like you whip a hole in it. Uh, what, what do the rest of you do? Uh, yeah, what do the rest of you do? Uh, I, I picture the two of them walking back and they see like Ozzy being like tugged by the whip like onto the ground next to slime as the good neighbor is pinning slime down and trying to manicure them to death um gently but firmly austin said yep death by glamour (laughs) i mean as neelith approaches um the first impression is "Mm, arze is not acting like a meticulous killer here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as you're being dragged around by a cat grooming robot this is okay uh that's another mark of the Aze fall count <laughs> got it next nice um so i think philip would say kind of specifically to neela because we're the, the two other kind of free from the fight right this second like um i can i can dry up the water it runs on i did this to another one of them if you can open the shell somehow i cast acid splash 
10, I fail. I mean, yay! That's that's better than my solution, which was going to be put the, the Beyblade um, next to like a crack in the armor and then put something on it to try and get it to expand and break it open <laughs> in a big scream and spin. That's, I mean, that's really thinking with Beyblades. That's, that's good. Eight. All right, eight plus seven plus five, that's 20 damage exactly. Uh, so uh, slime. Blackjack. Blackjack. No, that's not. It's 21, Mari. Blackjack minus one. It still counts, you know. Stay. Stay. Paint me the picture of you disabling the good neighbor with acid. Um, I jump on its back and I, um, my chest cavity opens up to show like a new monster mouth like in the movie The Thing and then all this acid spills out of my um, stomach pouch. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of people guessed, like, in episode one that this was going to be the thing season, and I was like, no! <laughs> and then Mari's like, yes! yes <laughs> no, we're just, we're yes. just snowed in in a tiny remote village in the middle of nowhere with a shape-shifting <laughs> Yeah, but this time, the monster's on your side. But remember, I, I create the setting before I get the character sheets audience, so I didn't know this was coming. This is all just kismet. Austin, this is just you having having future vision that has been proven time and time again when you manage to make all of your settings and plot lines things that other shows will later use. <laughs> Tune in for uh, Dice Funk Season 9, which is going to be the They Live season. Mm. Oh. Now, that was Season 4, kind of. <gasps> <laughs> kind of, yeah, it was. This is right. like The Simpsons. Everything's been I'm done. I'm going to fight Sketch to put the sunglasses, uh, the ideology sunglasses on him. For eight minutes, yeah. For eight minutes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, slime. Your t- your tummy opens up and just acid pours all over the back of this robot, and it melts through whatever things are keeping it standing, and it collapses on the ground outside your house. Uh, there's a hole in your roof, and you hear cat inside, who has major zoomies. Oh. <laughs> I uh, take one of my hip hands and I shove it on the stump where my arm got ripped off. Um, so now I still have two hands that I can use. Uh-huh. And then I take my hand that was uh, ripped off by, well, clipped off by the good neighbor, and I run to Cat, and I give Cat the arm to make them feel better. Aww. All right, yeah, you open the door, and Cat immediately runs over, and you see that uh, his mane has been quaffed quite vigorously. Uh, it, absolutely no harm has come to this animal. He's just very annoyed by the creature who kept brushing it. Um, and you give him a hand to soothe his temper. Uh, he, Are we all coming in? If you want, there's nothing in here. Slime canonically has added nothing to their decor. Uh, so it's just the, an empty. I sit in an empty room. <laughs> there's a pile of dead rats in the corner, if I remember right. Peeking around the doorframe, Philip would uh, use animal friendship while saying, Hello! Because she's just very keen on animals. <laughs> the the animal in question is a Myrmacolian, so it's like a half lion, half ant. Philip. Philippa is excited about especially animals she's not seen before. So she would go like, hello. Oh, aren't you fantastic? Um, and she couldn't actually speak to animals without casting a spell. So um, Druids. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> I don't have a voice for this guy. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Are you Okay. I am angry. You look like you got a little fright there. Big man. (laughs) What's your name? (laughs) It's nice to meet you. (laughs) 
<laughs> it doesn't really translate. That's okay. Mother calls me cat. Which should I call you cat? Sure. Can I leave? I have a friend with me, and um, your mom would like uh, to uh, arrange a play date, but I need to know that she won't um, eat my friend. Uh, sorry if that's rude. Uh, now, roll animal handling with advantage because you spent a slot on animal friendship, but you do have to convince cat not to eat Nobi. Oh, criminy. Okay, uh, animal hand. This is just the fox and the cabbage and the, <laughs> the rabbit. So am I just rolling plus uh, uh, 20 plus 7? And then you roll that twice and take the better of the two results. Yeah. Same again. Oh, 26. Dear me. Yeah, 26. I cannot uh, I cannot complicate the situation, really. I think Cat uh, will do it. I think mo- I think the actual in-character explanation is that Cat says, It's up to mother. <laughs> hey, Slime. Um, Cat says that um, it's up to you if it will eat my friend Nobi, and I would really like for it to not eat Nobi. You can talk to Cat. I can talk to any animal. Why doesn't Cat talk to me? Um, are you, well, you're not a, a are, are you a druid? You're a slime. You could take a level of druid, mother. <laughs> You'd have to take three Nobody's levels. Nobody's stopping you from multiclassing. <laughs> Cat says you could take a level in druid. It's called multiclassing. I don't know what that is. Sometimes animals say really fucked up shit. <laughs> You have such a smart child. <laughs> Tell Cat, please try your best not to eat your pet. Also, tell Cat, why don't they talk to me? I do talk to her. She does not listen. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask was whether Cat understood her. Um, yeah. So, uh, he is he okay for Cat? Yeah. He Okay. He says, um, you, you don't listen, um, and also he, he understood that, so it's fine. So I can't cast Comprehend Languages with Cat, right? Huh? No, because no. Cat doesn't technically have a language. I'm, okay. I'm being flippant with the rules a little bit right now for comedy purposes. <laughs> it's fine. Slime's only devastated. <laughs> I will point out that, like, what Philip is doing is pretty much on, on point here, because uh, Speech of the Woods from the druid, of she- uh, the Shepherd Druid, uh, Beast can understand your speech, and you gain the ability to decipher their noises and motions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think what exactly. we're doing is completely not, not a language. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's effectively a language in this case, yeah. So I guess, yeah, I guess uh, she'd say to Nobi, like, Nobi, come on in. Uh, there's a new friend. He's very beautiful. Okay, here I come. <laughs> um, and I, I guess you could come up with a voice for Nobi, too. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Kat's like, I will teach him to be a mighty hunter. <laughs> That's okay. He's already a mighty hunter. <laughs> hi yeah, I will hunt you. Wait, I like this friendship already. <laughs> they're going to have great. a buddy cop show by the end of the oh, season. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <gasps> their Moriarty is going to be Drip. I was going to say, we have, we have, we have, yeah, we have Drip, we have Nobi and Cat, so we got three already. So this is great. Incredible. Cat, this is not a squeak toy. Don't squeak it. If it squeaks, that means you stop. Austin in episode one, there will be only ten named characters. Players, bitch, you forgot about animals. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm the uh, Bart Simpson holding the chair to your Homer Homer in the bathtub. <laughs> Austin, you, you, the problem is the precedent has been set that more people can join the join the the village now. We already added one interdimensional being who visited us through a horse. Yes, and also the plants that we tortured just so we can have the flavor of their yeah. suffering. We can make so many friends. You can't stop us, Austin. That's true. Uh, so I think the planning session for this investigation takes place here while Nobi and Kat sniff each other and circle uh, playfully. Uh, so that's kind of the scene in the background while you all talk about what you're going to do about the situation in town. Uh, the governor gave you three interlocking missions. One, uh, apprehend the genius of Grendel. Two, destroy any good neighbors you come across. And three, d- decide what to do with criminals. Well, we decide. I think we need to hold off of deciding an entire uh, criminal system to employ. It seems like it's complicated, messy, and would involve an entire 40-episode season to unpack the flaws thereof in a <laughs> prior life. But uh, What's a season? I don't know. Uh, I just when, it's when the we- it's, a season's when the weather changes and the, the snow goes away for a bit. But what's an mm. episode? Uh, that's I when I have a really bad right day. Now. I'm having a... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> having a bit of an episode. <laughs> I'm uh, happy, by the way... Um, I wanted to confront it uh, head on, so to speak, that Gigi tried to deputize me as in charge of your moist friends. And um, I saw people saying that you weren't put in charge. You were, you were made a liaison to the moist watch, which is uh, not the same thing as being put in charge. Okay. I, good, I mean, good lis- listening to that conversation, I did get the get the vibe that this was a hey, 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 you, you're in charge secretly. <laughs> Okay, well, backtracking, I would be like, uh, uh, Gigi made me the liaison, and I, I, I have no intention of being uh, the head of your moist friends, so I just want... I wanted to say that anything you all want, I am happy to report back to Gigi, not um, taking any kind of... If that makes... Uh, it's nice to meet you all properly. This is the first time... Uh, uh, mm. And uh, I think she'd sit down, maybe, and uh, trail off. Um, thank you. It is really nice to meet you two, and I super appreciate knowing up front that the new friend in the squad is not here to stab us in the back. That's very appreciated. I like that in a friend. Thank you. You've been very welcoming. Uh, I was going to say she gives a nice smile, but she, yeah, she has a beak, so it probably doesn't make any sense. You smile with your eyes, okay? It doesn't you matter if it makes sense. You can smile. And I smile. I smize. A real warm smize, and then lights up her pipe and just, like, chills out. Plot twist, you have a pipe. A big plot twist. Uh, Philip likes to blaze it for 20 every time there's a chance. No, um, yeah. I, <laughs> I think tra- taking things head on for a second was too much, and she just needed to sit down and, and have a smoke. You wouldn't be the first character on a Dice Funk season to have made that whole thing getting blazed all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no, I just broke my girlfriend's nail clippers. You're, oh dude, you're, you're dead. Ruining, Austin. ruining Austin. day today. Austin. Dude, I don't, don't tell her, just lie. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're a criminal now. You're on the run. You're just going to have to go off the grid. Uh, uh, listen, listen, all i got to say is I, I wonder what next year's, uh, next month's credits are going to be like after all this. This is going to be... so much trouble. Austin, hide out in Grendel. We haven't, we haven't made a system yet for what to do with criminals. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure who would have been the last person to have seen the genius, but I think you and I both know of who would be the most connected to whatever they've been scheming, uh, Neelith. I, I, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of options, but I feel like maybe Choco the blacksmith is is mm -hmm. probably someone who, I, I mean, you, you, you. You don't build screaming discs without talking to a blacksmith. Maybe you do. I, I, w I wouldn't build screaming discs without talking to a blacksmith first. I wouldn't build screaming discs. I, n I mean, I wouldn't either, but if I had to, like, if I were the genius, the, the genius has an inbuilt need to make screaming discs. If I also had that need, I would probably go to the blacksmith. Yeah, I knew an elf like this once. Mm. It looks like we will need to be paying the creator a visit. So, how how are the uh, how are the beasts tending to each other, Sophie? No, sorry. How are the beasts tending to each other, <laughs> Philippa? Who? Who's Sophie? Um, I don't know who <laughs> Sophie is. Um, yeah. So I I mean I pass the question along to Austin, right? Like, uh, how are they doing? <laughs> I mean, I think they. I think Cat plays too roughly, but not dangerously. So it's just, you know, if you're watching casually, you might be worried. You ever seen an animal video like that, mm -hmm. where you're like, "Oh gosh, I hope, I hope this isn't bad for them." Oh, I fixed the, I fixed the nail clippers. <laughs> so my, so my, 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 my favorite example of that type of, that type of video it was a video of like a dog playing with like an Australian magpie, and like the two mm. of them just like playing around, and you think, "Oh no, don't get hurt, magpie," but. They, they just know how to just avoid hurting each other in the process. Mm -hmm. I like to think their dynamic is much like those comics where, like, one is really big and scary and the one's, like, really little. And they're just, like, I don't know, a little dynamic. Connor and Hank like from, from uh, Beyond... <laughs> Wait, what? Detroit <laughs> Become Human kind of vibes? <laughs> Just, just pure uncut Fujoshi <laughs> shit on our show. Come on, terrible! I don't... <laughs> Wait, I've literally never. Okay, I know that people think Connor and Hank are a couple. That's fine. I did not see them that way. Do not accuse me of being a gay fetishizer. Okay, no, it's a, it's an endearment term. You just <laughs> called me a trash woman in Japanese. <laughs> it's a, but it's a, in a fun way. Assault <laughs> me with the, my mother tongue? Why? This is the episode in which Austin just just gets on Mari's bad side at every moment. I didn't. I don't. You're not actually on my bad side. I'm sorry. No. No. Yeah. When he, when he kills off Cat by the end of the episode. Oh no. no. No! I, I will come to your house and bring your girlfriend a milkshake. Oh, damn. <laughs> Don't do No, please. Please, Mari. Um, Jolene. <laughs> Jolene. <laughs> Anything but uh, the... check, check your nail clippers. I Just fixed check them. them. I fixed them. See if there's, yeah, but there might be something a little off about them. <laughs> <laughs> I got to leave this in because Mari just like I'm gonna fuck your girlfriend. It's very no, funny. I did not. I did not. I 
did not say I'm going to fuck your girlfriend. So they would bring her a milkshake. You put the rest together. Uh. <laughs> All right. Do you all want to go see the blacksmith before yeah. I get cucked? <laughs> I was just planning on breaking you guys up. But if, like, I don't know. Austin, there's no stopping you getting cucked, but we should go see the blacksmith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just losing it. <laughs> Good luck with the cocking guy. <laughs> I I have no interest in interrupting anybody's relationships unless it's for what Austin did. It was genuinely to bring justice to the sh- milkshake lists in our world. The only thing I can think of wordplay wise is like, what is this? A cookies and cream milkshake or something? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can add it to Neolith's restaurant, and then it'll That's be an in-universe joke. Uh, all the mains are brain puns. All of the desserts are uh, cock puns. <gasps> That's not true because we have the Medulla obligato. But anyways, let's uh, let's go to the blacksmith. I have to say, cummies and cream. I said it. <laughs> Don't put it in. Just delete it. I have to say it out loud. <laughs> I'm just gonna beep Cut around it. it. <laughs> just, just beep around. That's so good. I love it. Love it. Just do it. Just... Okay. Does anyone else have a horny dessert to be beeped out before we carry on? <laughs> or cookies and cum. Chocolate you know? parfait. <laughs> <laughs> this is the conversation on the way there. So you all leave the house. You you bid uh, Noby and Cat farewell. And on the way there, you're just making gross puns to each other to make suggestions to Neil's menu. So now it's canon in universe. Wait, it's cum vegan? I mean, if it's consensually given. So if we if we cast talk to animals and we ask like, hey, can I diddle your udders? Like, We're not putting animal cum in the food. No, that's not what udders do, Laura. <laughs> no, the conversation was about cum a second ago. I got confused. <laughs> you, you, your breakfast cereal experience over the years. <laughs> uh, I'm crying a little bit. Oh, um, I understand uh, what you were on about about the others now. Was it is it vegan if you can ask the cows for the milk? I understand what we were doing. I... <laughs> oh, Wait, make a make a dessert where like it's boobs, but instead of milk coat comes almond milk. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you uh, expand on the thought? Make a dessert that's boobs. <laughs> make a dessert so, like, that's boobs. Think. You know, like those foods where it's like, oh, it's like a soup dumpling. But instead of a soup dumpling, you make it out like the outside out of something sweet. And you just like, you know, take a nibble of the nipple and just suck out all the almond milk or sweetened milk. Some sort of vegan, you know, boobs. And then like inside is a delicious, creamy vegan treat that you suck out of the nipple. I'm okay to keep recording a little bit later if we need to record more time. <laughs> <laughs> Make a block the train, the train has fallen off the track. All right, all right, all right, all right. Back on track. This is the episode that, f- that finally gets us taken off iTunes. So we make it to the blacksmith. You asked me to elaborate. I will save you, Austin. We make it to the blacksmith. Hello, blacksmith. All right, so you get to the dump, which is where Shoko lives, and there's a large fence all around it, a high fence with barbed wire. There's a gate uh, that is locked. That is the entrance. Uh, None of you have been here on camera, but every time the genius shows up, uh, they have to uh, give Shoko food for Shoko to unlock the gate. That's how that has appeared on camera so far. Uh, But before you can even get there, I will say there is a good neighbor 
I think the the good neighbor is actually sitting outside the gate uh, with a what seems to be some kind of old uh, broken machine. One of its arms is a big hammer, and the other arm is a big uh, blacksmith's tongs. Mm. Um, and it's using the tongs to hold the machine in place and using the hammer to repeatedly strike this bro- already broken machine. Mm. Neither attempts to walk past the good neighbor. <laughs> I would do it as well. So you all, you start approaching, the good neighbor stops hammering, looks at you, and stands up. Roll initiative. Mm. Okay, so this time it started the fight and not us. Correct. Okay. So it's not just what I had suspected might be the case where they were just defending themselves because we kept fighting them. I think you need to roll insight to maybe uh, put some of the information you have together. Um, 17 on insight. 14. Uh, Ozzy rolled a natural 20. Ooh, dang. Holy shit. 17 as well. Wow, incredible insight rolls, dog shit initiative rolls. <laughs> so t- uh, here's what you've learned. Uh, Ozzy, you got a crit on this, so I, I guess I'll just give you everything. Uh, you understand that each of the good neighbors has their own programmed priorities. Right. So for for the, like, the barber robot, the first one, it just wanted to get to the barber's shop and then cut people's hair. And so it only kicked those horses by accident. Right. Uh, the... The chef one uh, was trying to get to the the restaurant, and then there was meat in front of it, so it flipped the meat. It just so happened that you're made of meat. Uh, right. The the blacksmith uh, robot, which is very much like Shoko. Shoko is a gremlin. Uh, gremlin's main thing is taking things apart. Mm. So it sees things, and it tries to take them apart. You are things. In, in character, is Neelith likely to know... Food is the entry price for the 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 dump. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all of you have met Shoko before off screen, and you know Shoko ex- exchanges food for a door. It appears that this one is keen on disassembling, and it just has has found a few more things to disassemble. And with that, uh, Aze will uh move to. I'll do a little bit of protection by using his star map to he's using a little globy star map to do a guiding bolt shot, a uh, first level one at the uh, uh, at the Shoko neighbor. So let's go ahead and do a shot here. That would be a 21. Oh, yeah, that hits. Um, and so that will be do 4d6 damage. So it takes 16 radiant damage, and the next attack roll against it um, has advantage as star patterns gleam around the body of the good neighbor, making it easier to target an attack. All right, so at the end of your turn, it uses a legendary action to reach out with its metalworking tongs and attempt to grab you. So a dexterity contest. Mm, okay. Let's see here. Uh, I botched, so I guess I lose all my legendary actions for the round. Huge mm-hmm. failure. Embarrassing. Let's never speak of it again. Neil, it's your turn. <laughs> I rolled a seven. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to I'm gonna try and do something, and maybe this will pan out badly, but I will try. Mm-hmm. Um, Neelith is going to go prepare one of her... Um, Items of food that she can prepare per short rest, uh, the, heal- the the healing food items she has, and offer one 
to the good neighbor. Yeah, I definitely want this to do something, but by the rules I've set up here, it does not, unfortunately. Oh no, that's totally fine. I went into this knowing that like it might have no effect, and more than that, it might actively heal the good neighbor. But <laughs> I had to go with the logic of... I, I think what Neelith would do in this situation is try and mimic what she would do for the, the, the person who who lives and resides here, and hope that the good neighbor responds in in the same way that they would. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to say it does not heal the good neighbor who does not attempt to ingest it, and I'm not sure it would do anything even if it did. Maybe it would. I think I would rule that it works on Warforged, at least. Um, but in, rather, you hold out the, uh, you know, the scone to it, and it just brings its hammer down on top of your head. Uh, I crit. Yeah, that's going to hit. Uh... Sorry about... Surprisingly, I don't have 28 armor class yet. <laughs> yeah, my word. Sorry about this, Laura. Sometimes dice happen. Oh, 31 God. motherfucking damage. Oh, you, you do not need to apologize. Um, That is that is called role-playing. That is where the story gets interesting. <laughs> that was so brutal, because you did such an interesting, uh, sensitive role-play move. <laughs> yeah. Bog. Hey, hey, there is there is nothing more... more rewarding in roleplay than I tried to do a nice thing and literally got smashed into the ground. Oh gosh, that's a hell of a bonk right there. That's uh, two that... exclamation marks. Yeah, um... <laughs> Neelith don't have many bones being a squid person. Very smushed right now. Yeah, I think you absolutely get driven into the ground with the force of this. I, I, you're not unconscious yet, I believe. No, no, I'm still, I'm still alive, but I ain't looking great. All right. Does anyone else in the group have fire spells? I can um, produce flame. Can you set something on fire with it? If I t run up with it like a Zippo lighter. <laughs> Hang so on. yeah, that's it. Yeah. I would like I would like to have some teamwork mm -hmm. if we if I may. <laughs> you may. I would like to cast <laughs> I would like to cast web on the good neighbor that looks like a colossus. Mm -hmm. And oh, I think you're, you're referring to my picture in Roll Twenty, which is a Sentinel from X Men, I believe. <laughs> and so I would like to cast Web on the on the good neighbor. And the rules are: it could either be between a twenty foot like distance between two buildings, or it can just be like a cube that it's in, or just like web it up. But um, webs are flammable, and any five-foot cube of web exposed to fire burns away in one round, dealing 2d4 fire damage. So I don't know, like, if that's... Okay, I would like to produce flame and burn up the webs. Um, yeah. Um, produce flame does have an attack component to it, so you could attack the thing and also burns the web at the same mm. time. That's, that's my thought. Yeah. Mm. Is that good? Is 15 good? Uh, 15 is not good. What? No. Why? What? Because it's an armored robot. You, you know it's just because Austin's being, being mean because we were mean about the milkshake thing. <laughs> that robot doesn't have more than 15 AC. I will invoke my reaction to burn one of my benefics to give a bonus D6 to that roll there. <gasps> Thank you. So roll D6 and add that to the roll. Another four? Would that do it? Nineteen. Yep, absolutely. 19? Okay, nice. So now I got... the stars on the, the stars on it gleam and pulse to guide the flame onto the body. Heck yeah! So I've got two 
d8 from my produce flame its own damage, and that's only three. God damn it. Four. So together we did. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was sorry. very spectacular. <laughs> I thought it would be so cool. It wasn't at all. Visually, it was cool. Yeah, visually, it looked really. Mm-hmm. Everyone imagine something cool, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the first round of combat is you all walk up to the good neighbor to gauge its reaction. It stands up and starts attacking. Uh, Aza, you blast it with the the, the beam. Uh, Neil, if you try to offer it food, it hammers you into the ground. Slime, you spray web all over it. And Philippa, you light it on fire, but it just walks through the flames, uh, only mildly singed. And we're back to Aze. Okay. So Aze, seeing Neilith just get smacked uh, so hard, uh, will use their uh, will use his bonus action to invoke um, his uh, starry form wild shape. So. Uh, he will invoke the cycle, so stars gleam around his body, he glows, constellations of a tree and a leaf form along his arms, and then for his action, he will cast, which one am I going to throw? I will use a third level spell slot to cast Dignify, which is my version of Cure Wounds, on Neelith. Oh, dip. So Neelith is healed for 38 damage. Uh, that that'll, that'll do that'll do um i i i imagine this is like in the cartoons where someone's been flattened and they stick the the thumb in the mouth and they blow and they sort of <laughs> pop back out you you stick your thumb in Aze's mouth that's literally what i was imagining it's amazing at the end of your turn once again uh with my legendary actions restored uh, i'm going to try to grab you with the tongs that's a three my word, the tongs are just not working out tonight. So Aze will we'll... not be disassembled so easily. No, let's just forget about that entire mechanic for this fight. Roll hacks. <laughs> I'm convinced Aze slash Skitch has roll hacks because they always have the best rolls, and I can't even do a good one even one Poor time. Poor slime. Yeah. Neelith, your turn. Uh I'm gonna try because they're electrical mechanical robots. I'm going to try heat metal, because they're made of metal, and I can heat that mm. for, for big damage, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Seven. All right, yeah. So Does that get, like, doubled or something, because it's metal? Are you going to give me any bonuses? It was, it was already free. You don't need to be bonus greedy. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> this thing punched me into the ground. I want to hurt it. <laughs> Okay, so you heat it up, uh, and it takes seven damage. Uh, so that's uh, it's got a little bit of health left. It's going to lift its mighty hammer because it's got just one of its arms is just a huge, almost sledgehammer. I think it's going to try to bring it down on Aze, who keeps avoiding the tongs. I had a whole thing with the grabbing with the tongs. You jerk, fifteen. <laughs> that matches my armor class. All right, seven damage is that you get knocked aside by a big hammer. Ozzy gets bonked accordingly. Got it. I, I, I'm going to say it's canon that the hammer squeaks a little bit when it hits things for no reason. <laughs> other than just it squeaks. Ozzy squeaks. <laughs> Slime, it's your turn. I would like to cast Shocking Grasp again. Tendrils shoot out of me. And, you know, much like one of those, you know, clear defrib things, it's like that. <laughs> and I shock them with my body. So then I have a plus. Seven. I've played Trauma Center. I know about those guys. <laughs> for real, though, Trauma Team is way underrated. So I got a natural 20 for 
hitting them. Yep, which means now you take your dice and you double them. So you're rolling 4d8 for your damage. Really? Oh, yes. awesome. Yes. It'll be all of ones, I know. It is statistically <laughs> impossible for the good neighbor to survive this. 17. 34 damage. 17 damage. Oh, it, But it's no. doubled because they're vulnerable. Yeah, so it's 34. I, I did 48, though. You did infinity damage as far as the robot's concerned. Okay. <laughs> Mari, for the second time this episode, describe how you destroy a good neighbor and what All it right. looks like. Thirsting for revenge about my cat being slightly upset. I channel all of my electricity for the day. I don't know. And just <laughs> really just channel all of my electricity into it. Uh, yelling. Everyone's like, this is not a yelling situation, but I'm still doing it. And then I'm done. It, all, it all sucks back into me. So, so the good neighbor is charred to a crisp and collapses outside the, the outside the dump. Congratulations! Aze is going to tap himself and heal himself with a boosted dignify on himself. Just a let me just get the healing in there. Oh, let me get that roll here. Yep, twenty five heal. Gosh, for a first level spell slot, that's so much healing. <laughs> Aze's body glows temporarily with his constellations as he heals himself. I'd like to knock on the gate. Yeah, you knock on the gate and get no answer. I'd like to wild shape into an ant, crawl under the gate, and open it from the inside. <laughs> All right, the wild shape rules are complicated, but I assume that works, and I'm not going to check. So it works, <laughs> it works perfectly. <laughs> you turn into Sick. you turn into an ant, go between the bars, turn back into a snowy owl, and unlock it from the other side. I bet it's probably not that complicated to lock. Actually, I think Shoko mostly does this uh, for eccentric flair <laughs> rather than security concerns. Um. During all of this, Neelith has some food uh, held using the cantrip Mage Hand. Mm -hmm. So it's held at a big distance so that there is no confusion. There is food here first. Uh -huh. And and no 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 Neelith without food. No, I like that. You're respecting Shoko's space, and those are the rules. And not wanting to get smushed into the floor again, too. <laughs> There's definitely food here. Please don't smush me into the floor. Uh, so this, uh, I keep saying dump. There has to be a synonym for dump, which is fun to say now that scrapyard? I... Scrapyard? <laughs> scrapyard, yeah, the scrapyard. We, we say tip. You say tip? Mm-hmm, the tip. Yeah, the rubbish you take tip. take stuff to the tip. The tip. Mm -hmm. I've never heard that in all my years. <laughs> Yeah, you empty your wheelie, you empty your wheelie bin, and then you go to the tip. Oh, so you, you fill up the wheelie bin in your garden, then then take it over to the tip. Got it. Nice. Well, the the tip would be for the things that you don't have room for. You know, you couldn't fit more bags in the wheelie bin, so you go. The, to the bin tip men instead. will come for the wheelie bin. Yeah, we'd be taking this. This is a different thing. Still the most <laughs> educational podcast on the internet. Uh, so before I describe the tip to you all, uh, I need investigation rolls. I'm going to tell you now. There's a lot to find here. It's a very big, complicated place. So I'm uh, so ready to investigate. So right up front, there are thresholds at five, ten, fifteen, and twenty. So you're going to get something probably no matter what. But how much you get. Wow, that's a crit. I crit. I crit. I crit. I crit. I did my first crit. I did my first Ozzy crit podcast. I rolled 12. I crit. Uh, Congrats. And it was an investigation. That's my favorite skill. Ah. You're going to be so smart. You're going to know everything. Ah. Ah. 
the party got 12-4, 21 and 9 with a crit. Uh, so without the crit, I would say the the threshold you actually only passed was 10. There's only two rolls over 10. But with the crit, I'm going to say uh, that's actually the 15 threshold you passed. Is the, What I give you for the crit is essentially bumping it up one threshold, which means you're going to find most of the things here, but not everything. Does that make sense? Yeah. Philip is going to car- carry us out of mediocrity. <laughs> Into mostly success, yeah. I imagine Philip is looking all around, and when I say all around, as she comes in here, she's an owl, so... She's looking yeah. all around. <laughs> the head fully <laughs> rotating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- you've been to the scrapyard before. It's a smelly pile of rubbish, mostly. Uh, a couple of interesting features are the various uh, projects Shoko has going at any one time. Uh, things she's taking apart. Uh, she's not here. I guess that's the first thing to note. You do not see Shoko the gremlin on the premises, which is concerning. She is pretty well known for not leaving this place regularly. So that's... Uh, it feels like a relevant part of the mystery. Uh, the first thing you five, uh, the first thing you five, the first thing you find at the five investigation threshold is the sigil from Potter's Barn. Huh. Uh, that was the the symbol that the Baku sold Potter and had installed in the door. Uh, it has been freed from the door. The last time you saw it, the 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 dogberry was like cordoned off. Uh, but that sigil is is now separate from the door and is lying in the middle of the ground here. So that's curious hmm. uh the second thing at the 10 threshold you find is that there was a project shoko was working on uh and there's some like a, a to-do list or like an ingredients list a parts list for the for the crafting minigame she was playing in here uh one uh says fuel so that's a that's something she needs for whatever she's building here and another thing on this list is uh graphene i i see, do we do we know what graphene is History roll, actually, to know graphene. Hmm. 23. Holy shit, Slime, you're a graphene expert. That probably existed uh, back when, you know, you were a much smaller mass of uh, slime mold particles. Uh, you can tell the group, they're like, what's that? And you're like, oh, that's a fancy metal from the before times when the folks uh, colonized the stars above and they lived on them. And they're like, excuse me? People lived on the what? And you're like... I, I don't want to explain this to you. It's metal. By the stars above, I it's mean the, metal. Yeah, by the stars above, I mean the stars that are currently below. But before, it used to be above. <laughs> uh-huh. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> the upside down stars were once colonized by creatures that I ate one. <laughs> and she learned about their metal. Uh, so yeah, Shoko is building something. Uh, she needs fuel and graphene. Those are the two things uh, on her list here. Hmm. Um, and the last thing uh, for Philippa's crit that I will give you here, uh, a rucksack. There's like a, a, a basically a bag of stuff. It looks like Shoko is planning to take somewhere. Uh, there are four like modules for mechanical objects, uh, and you show them to the group. And Neelith, because you crit on your investigation in the the Genius's workshop, you recognize their shape, and you know those will uh, fit perfectly into the obelisk. Oh, I will have those. Are there enough of them to fill the obelisk slots? Absolutely, yep. There's like four oh. slots on the obelisk and four items here that looks like Shoko is going to transport. So that's what you find in this investigation, basically. Sh- Shoko's not here. The sigil is here. Shoko needs fuel and graphene, and Shoko has the rest of the obelisk for some reason. I have a question about um, the the pots list. Uh, I have a documentary satchel that I established is like 
linked up to a university and I send reports there and I just want to pitch the idea that I could say, hey, I could scroll on it. Hey, any of you nerds know what these would be used for? Real shot in the dark and like fax it to the university through my documency satchel and see if I get any response. Yeah, so I think the document C satchel seems like an extremely broken item, so its uses are going to have to be pretty narrow, but this feels like within the scope of anthropology, so I'm, I think this is perfectly fine. If you send a note uh, to the university, let's establish a name, the university of what? Oh, good fellows. Of what? <laughs> good fellows. Okay, you're just looking at the good neighbors, and you're like, uh, uh, uh. I was looking at IMDb. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to make an Urukon for the university name, but, uh, you know, that can be handled some other way. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the uh, College of Joe Pesci. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's an Italian-American college, okay? <laughs> uh, it's a Fuscany. Oh, it's a Fuscany. It's, it's a Fuscany. Got it. Yeah. Actually, okay. they're, f- actually they're, they're from Thessaly. Thessaly. Uh, Specif- it's very Thess- important. They, they're, they're Thessalian and they have um, connections. <laughs> yeah. You'd think they would all be united, but there's actually intense regional rivalries there. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Christ Almighty. Uh, so you send a message to the college, uh, and they do get back to you. I think within the scope of anthropology, you'll know that uh, graphene is uh, it was an important metal to many pre-apocalypse societies. It's very rare, very valuable. Many wars are fought over it. Uh, it's if you, if you can find like even a gram of it, you'll become obscenely wealthy. Uh, most of it's thought lost. The only place really to find it is if you can scavenge uh, old technology from the pre-apocalypse. So Shoko's going to have a hard time finding that, mm-hmm. not only in the post-apocalypse, but also in the tiny Snowden village. Yeah. Um, that's the main... I mean, fuel doesn't really require a definition. It's fuel. Right. So right. I don't... I would relay this to the party. Uh, this does not seem like a run-of-the-mill project. Also, don't tell me they're missing too. Headmaster Ray Liotta is very interested in this. <laughs> Where would they acquire enough graphene to do anything with it, given its scarcity? Also, should we be concerned that the weird sigil is present in the place where someone isn't where we would expect to find them? Is the is the sigil eating people? I don't know if that's possible. I wouldn't put anything past this thing. Just imagine for a minute that I'm an inattentive listener to like a radio program that you're on. Uh, what is the sigil and where did it come from? It was basically a magical bouncer and it was being used as a conduit for a nightmare creature to bring nightmares to life or something. I will say, actually, in addition to it just laying on the ground here, it looks almost burned. Um, you might, you would need to roll to know more, but it doesn't look like the last time you found it. Um, Arcana, I believe. Um, it, it allowed, it, it allowed a creature to basically bring our nightmares to life and try and murder us all. It was not a good, it was not a good situation. We also altered it in order to directly enter the realm of dreams in order to deal with the creature that was responsible for this. Oh, like the popular myth, Freddy Cougar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, Freddy cr- cr- Cougar. <laughs> you, you are like dream w- warriors in a sense. We were warriors within a dream. 23. Wow. 
With a 23 and an 11, I think uh, everyone looks at that and you, you, everyone just says, like, it looks burned. And then slime, you look at it and you're like, it has been altered again. It was previously used to open uh, connections to the dream realm. Wait, I need to spit on it first because that's how I interpret yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. you know, spit a little bit and then, you know, it sucks back into me. That's how you get to know I can't things. just look at things. My eyes are rotten. <laughs> oh, no. It, yeah, it was previously altered to open a portal to the Dalcor or the dream realm. Uh, it has been altered again, but whatever it was altered into has been, like, burned and uh defaced now so you don't know what kind of portal it's it was attuned to but something is someone used it i have a theory well what if it's a portal in time huh your blacksmith wants uh, graphene and it's a thing that is not around now um and it's from the before something and um what if it's a portal in time they went to before the apocalypse. Yeah, if they went before the apocalypse, they'd be able to find graphene more easily. But that's how would they get back? I would say while you're talking about this, uh, Philip, there's something in here that no one else has commented on or really noticed because they've seen it before. But maybe it is curious to you if you haven't come to the the dump. Uh, there are some black gears sticking out of the ground and just calmly, you know moving uh just twirling interlock gears uh it's just part of the landscape no one's commenting on uh do i like recognize it from anything anyone has told me before uh i mean you grew up here you went okay well, if, I, if, I, if i've been here before then i sorry I, I, I don't know if i grew up here then i kind of feel like i maybe have been here before yeah, it's a it's a it's a role play choice whether or not you're familiar with the machine or if it's just like a tourist attraction. You know, growing up here, you're like, yeah, it's the the tourists love it. Everyone wants to get their portrait painted with the with the gears. I think that I I think that I and other friends would uh, fly over the dump and try and drop things to grind into the gears <laughs> when yeah, we were I, growing up. As someone who who grew up like uh, half an hour from Disney World, that's how I feel. I'm like, yeah, Disney World's right <laughs> yeah. there. I don't. <laughs> I'm I'm extremely over it. You're right there. I love Disney World. I mean, yeah, the magic is kind of gone. You can go across the entire planet in Epcot and be drunk. Like, what's to complain about? What's Epcot? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> See, Stop it. No, no, I'm no, I'm the one that's half an hour away from Disney. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so I just dumped a lot of clues on you for this investigation. There's a lot going on here. What do you do? Just just as a stab in the dark, I think that Neelith's first um, instinct here is going to be to try and use Locate Creature in an attempt to locate Shoko, which I'm guessing will not go successfully, but you've got to give it a try. Yep, fair enough. You use Locate Creature. You think about Shoko the Gremlin. Uh, she is not within the range of your spell, so you have gained the information. Just making sure they haven't, like, you know, been buried under a under a pile of trash. I um I thought of a lead for who might have last seen Shoko if Shoko is missing. Yeah. Um. Well, it's it's a tip. The rats. I mean, yeah, if you want to ask the rats, the rats seem like... I want to ask the rats. Okay, yeah, you can speak to animals. I assume 
There are rats in the dump. I had not foreseen this. Uh, animal handling to get them to not run from you because they're skittish by Hell nature. Hell yeah. I've, I've pet a number of rats in my life. They're nice. I, I have two pet rats, contrary to what people might believe since oh. I feed my pet rats. But they're actually quite uh, loving. I messed that up bad. You botched, which means you take I'm four. Keen on this, I, I'm keen on this idea, though. Could I cast animal friendship and try it again? Well, yeah, so you take four damage as the first rat you tried to talk to bites you on the face. <gasps> no! <laughs> that was a very rude Not my rat. face! Uh, but if you want to spend a slot, uh, we can definitely okay. do that. I'm going to animal friendship then, and then I'm going to... Um, ro- should I just... Should I do a second roll of animal handling to make that advantage, or should I do two roll... Like, to should I separately roll with advantage? I'm going to read Animal Friendship to the audience. Uh, the beast must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed. So, mm, okay. rats are not renowned for their wisdom. Let's see what happens. I mean, Master Splinter, but okay, speak for yourself. <laughs> Watch your mouth about my boy. Uh, I rolled a three, so I failed. And there's a second, much nicer rat who is willing to uh, answer your questions. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello, small friend. A voice. No one's ever done a voice before, is the thing. No one's <laughs> ever done voices. That is true. They, uh, you maybe, go for, maybe go for a Brooklyn accent to invoke the Staten Island pizza rats. <laughs> the pizza rats. Oh. <laughs> like, hey, what do you want? I'll walk in here. <laughs> Are you from my university? Yeah. How is, <laughs> are you from? How is Professor De Niro? <laughs> He's really phoning in his latest work. I gotta say, oh. You know, his, his reputation is mostly carrying him as an academic at this point. People show up to read his papers. Just to say they met him, you know? Because he's famous. Right, absolutely. Um... So we're looking for Shoko, and I was just wondering if you saw her, and if so, when? Uh, the rat says, hey, oh, I haven't seen the the gremlin here in a little bit, but, you know, I was walking over near the tailors the other day, and uh, I saw them talking, you know? They were trying to make some kind of a deal, maybe some kind of offer you could or could not refuse if you're so inclined. God damn it. Um... Uh, that's very interesting. I don't suppose you heard specifics of what of the deal they were making. Oh yeah, the big eared one wanted some fancy metal. With the big ears and a mustache. <laughs> no, <laughs> Python. The, the big eared ones. The gremlin. Come on, she lives here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and also my friends were wondering about this sigil. Um, do you know if anything spooky happened with this? Hey, oh, I don't know nothing about that. Come on. What do I look like? Get out of here. Okay, thanks. Um, do do you like oats? I have some oats. (laughs) You know I only like the gabagool. (laughs) I also have gabagool, actually. Well, all right then. I carry it for carnivores. Maybe you're not so bad. Maybe we can do some business. Oh, goddamn. I'm allowed. Skitch is my friend. I'm allowed to do this voice. <laughs> this, is, this, this, this is completely fine. I just wanted to make a reference to the double A, I think it's double A minor league team, the Staten Island Yankees, who were known for a period of time as the Staten Island Pizza Rats. So that was a thing that was actually happening. Is your, is your university mascot the fighting Scorsese's? 
Oh gosh, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Anthony, stop talking to that owl. The the mascot is a raging bull, and the uh, Uh, and and the team is the fighting Scorsese. All right, Mm. that's great. Sorry, you gotta excuse this. You have to excuse my Gumar. She don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Anthony, you stop talking to that owl right now. You don't know what they are. You don't know them. <laughs> We're canceled. We're canceled. We have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just, everyone's just going to want the sitcom of these rats. That's what's going to happen. So I've I've got a plan for finding out about the sigil as and when we're ready for it. <laughs> Anthony, get back over here before they exploit you for media. They want to make a TV show. They're not going to pay you enough. We got to go. Okay. Um, wait. What, what, one quick thing. You said there was a deal. Uh, it was the, the Taylor and um, Ashoko were making a deal? I got to go. Sorry. Uh, my, you know how she is. You know how they get the broads. Uh- out of out of character. Don't but just call checking. me a broad. I can hear you. <laughs> just checking. That's what the information that I got out of this, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. I gotta go eat okay. some trash. I'll smell you later. Good luck. Don't stop believing. <laughs> We're going to church. You don't know how to. Act. <laughs> oh my god. I want to kill slime so you can do that voice as your character. Gary <laughs> oh. Cooper. Oh. He, he, there was a man. <laughs> I mean, depending on what body slime takes over next. Uh-huh. <sighs> if Sun Moon Stars asked slime to talk like that, uh-huh. they would. <laughs> hint, hint. Can I call you Adriana from now on? <laughs> oh my god, Sun Moon Stars, your eyes are so sparkly. Uh-huh. Ah! <laughs> Sun Moon Stars starts doing heroin and then the season... <laughs> Just completely just, just goes. No, no, no. The nanny. We're thinking the nanny. Yeah, but I, I love the nanny. Fran Fine. Oh Fran, my God. it's so. It's oh, fantastic. It's yes. fantastic. A thought and idea. Maybe the bartender knows how this sigil got here. <laughs> Neilith, thank you very much. Eyes of the prize. Investigation extraordinaire. <laughs> Laura, you might just want to tell the, uh, the group what you're doing and tell them to come with you. Okay, um, if if, if no one objects, Neelith is going to suggest that maybe we go we go talk to the bartender and be like, hey, did someone specifically come and get that sigil? Sounds and good do, to me. Can you tell me anything about that? That seems like pertinent events. If no one objects and we're setting off on the way there, Philippa tells them all about the rats and everything that just happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, so the party goes over to the dogberry. You see that the 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 elevator slash door has been lowered and is just permanently open now. And I think there's probably uh like set up like a little tent over the entrance so that's when snow falls it doesn't get in the hole. Uh, but you can just like walk over to the the entrance, the hole in the ground, and it's a little drop. Uh, it won't hurt to drop in, but it's like. You know, you can't just step down into the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you all drop down into the dogberry, you will see uh, Potter down there. Um, what's Potter doing on his day off? Taking a nap. 
Uh, I actually, I think when you get in there, you drop down into the bar and you see that Potter is looking over uh, the dismembered body of a good neighbor. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. What kind of hands does it have? Oh, a drink, drink shakers. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say like, like what was a drink shaker that was like, just like, a, like a, like a, a rag just to wipe the bar down all the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a dish rag and a, and a shaker. Uh, but when it <laughs> and did you say this one's dismantled? Yeah, when it came to try to help with the bar, Potter, who is a bugbear, a large, muscular, uh, you know, traditionally evil and violent D and D species, although Potter is a more rounded, nuanced character, he's still very strong and just tore it limb from limb with his bare hands and is now just kind of looking at it. Oh, were you also not super into the idea of of a mechanical friend helping you out in your your place of business without knowing what it was gonna do? Hey, bro. Uh, no, I. I mean, no one touches my bar but me. This is my place, my rules. So. Exactly. That is how I am about the kitchen. I was like, there is every chance this is gonna be a helpful robot, but it would not be me doing the work, and that's, that's not how it's done. Also, I'm not sure about the sanitation of having a, a rag arm. It doesn't seem replaceable. He says, like holding the arm made of a rag. Uh, so we got a we got a we got a couple of questions for you. Um, that 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 weird sigil that was doing creepy nightmare stuff in the bar. Yep. Do you know what happened to it? Yep. What happened to it? Genius took it. Right after you all came back from the, you know, dream doohickey. Huh. Did they say what they wanted it for? Nope. Experiments, probably. I mean, that that does seem like them. Mm-hmm. Yep, mystery solved. Genius took the sigil from my door. Heard some explosions over at their place right after. Didn't question it. What? How long ago was this? Literally when you came out of the portal, yep. Everyone came over to see the egregore, and we're all like, wow, it has my eyes. It has my hair. Uh, Genius picked up the sigil, rolled away. I mean, for everyone else's sake, I should probably point this out. I have have a bunch of things that will fit in the obelisk back at the Genius's place, and that might give us some answer as to what they were doing. Also, now that you're here in the bar and you see the, you know, the liquor inside the dogberry, uh, it occurs to you that uh, alcohol is fuel for technology of your understanding. Hmm. Hey guys, alcohol is fuel for technology, at least to my understanding. (laughs) (laughs) Did the genius... Did the genius or perhaps someone else, maybe someone who who lives at the the refuse yard, uh, perhaps take some alcohol to use as fuel, as per our understanding? (laughs) No, 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 no. Have you seen Shoko lately or at all? No. And Austin will just say it, it was on Shoko's list and like not crossed off. Mm. So if Shoko is is going to get fuel... Um, it's, that's something that wouldn't have happened yet. Also, this, I just want to be clear. This is not the only source of fuel in the village necessarily. It's just an option. Mm-hmm. Right. If it, right, right. The, if we want to do the side quest of finish Shoko's project, whatever it happens to be. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, is very like laconic here. And I'm just wondering if we need insight or something in case that being a little, uh, 
I would say everybody roll insight and Philippa gets advantage because Sophie said laconic and I like that word. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to learn new words now. That's then. my second <laughs> Spartan reference in the podcast today. Mm-hmm. Insight plus seven. Wow, I have so much insight. 18. Uh, 23. Yikes, mm-hmm. my gikes. Also, Austin, are you saying that if I get like a word of the day calendar, I might get advantage? <laughs> no, I was just being silly. I'm just trying to bring fun to the well, show. Well, uh, Ozzy's the worst one here with his 12. Yeah, these rolls are incredible. 23 and 23. Uh, so I think both uh, Philippa and Neelith noticed that Potter is being very short with the group. Uh, and uh, I would just, I mean, 23 is so high. I'll just say that there seems to be something that he's hoping you don't ask about. (laughs) I think I would uh, say, uh, this is, sorry, this is actually a tangent, but I think I would go, uh, oh, by the way, Potter, I'm back in town. Hello. (laughs) It's good to see you again. Oh, hey, I didn't recognize you. I forgot we knew each other. (laughs) I grew grew up a bit. I've been away a while at um, university. We've probably gotten the mileage out of now. Um... So you're so big now. <laughs> I forget how fast you grow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would probably trade. I would probably uh, be happy to ha- live a bit longer like you all. But um, you know, when I was governor and I would brag about the village, I'd tell people, "You ever heard of the anthropologist Philippa Heck? She wrote that thing about the orcs and all their money and whatnot." Yeah, I. You know, she's from where I'm from. That's not exactly what it... Anyway, um, so you're... (laughs) Look. (laughs) Can I roll something here? (laughs) While while this this is all all going on, um, Neelith is going to cast Detect Thoughts just on the surface level. Ooh. Because you were saying that there is something that um, that Potter really hopes we don't ask, and I'm hoping that's surface level enough that I can get mm-hmm. a sense of direction. Okay, you cast Detect Thoughts, and so you get the thir- surface thoughts of Potter right now. And usually I describe these in terms of like visual memory, like uh, you see Potter doing X and Y, but uh, he has Charcot-Wilbrand syndrome and so does not have visual memory. Uh, and so you get these just as disconnected, almost like sentences, because it's just his inner monologue and words. And so you hear him think, uh, I hope she doesn't ask about the genius breaking the governor's window. Hmm. Hey, uh, Potter. Yep. Weird out of nowhere question that that just came to me out of out of out of the blue. Have you had any conversations with Gigi recently about the genius? Yeah, that is weirdly specific and out of the blue. <laughs> Funny about that, huh? Funny about that. No, yeah, mm. I mean, look, the genius is missing and I have reasons to to ask about Gigi. By any coincidence, would would that be the case? Now listen, I'm not looking for any trouble. We're not looking to cause any trouble either. But... I mean, no offense, but, you know, a little bit of a pyro, rolls with a kind of a tough crew. Y'all are extremely armed. I'm just a barback, you know? I'm just a bookworm. 
I'm just a squishy ball of tentacles and our friend's missing. What's up? They are missing, so I don't want to be weird about it. I just don't want them to find out that I, you know, was talking out of turn and do any experiments in my booths if you catch my flaming drift. No, I don't catch it. What I'm what I'm getting here is uh, the genius is threatening to burn down the bar <laughs> in public in front of many witnesses. They really have no compunctions about threatening fires at any time. Um, you've all seen this. Yes, I was there. Yeah, I remember you tried to kill me with a Bloody Mary. That's they not told how I revenge in my name. That's not how I remember it. Uh, I remember but... it that way. <laughs> okay. It's not a big deal. Uh, just the genius uh, was threatening the governor, attacked the governor, broke a window, and I fixed the window. It's over now. It's fine. I never recall the genius actively threatening anyone. They only act on impulse. This seems out of character. It seems out of character to threaten people? You just said you remember when they threatened to start fires inside of my... They didn't threaten. They just did it. <laughs> or Okay. If the if the if the word threaten is getting us hung up, well, I guess I'll amend it to just doing stuff. The genius just sure doing just, stuff, yeah. Just sure does some stuff. So that's so, but so that's why there was some broken glass in Gigi's office when we were there earlier. Oh, I thought I cleaned it up. Did I miss some. There was more. If there, if you did, either some was missing or there was more broken glass after the matter. You must have rolled real high in perception. <laughs> you <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that's a very that's a very specific observation on your part as well. But that's a that's a bugbear idiom. Yeah, uh, Philippa, are you old enough to drink? Do you want something? Oh yes, I'm like. Uh, 50 in human years. <laughs> Hell yeah. Come get some. <laughs> Potter pours you all drinks. <laughs> Hell yeah. Attempted murder again. <laughs> uh, this is all very curious to say the least. I think we should maybe find Shoko and I have an idea that she might be at the tailor's. I that That is... Definitely a possibility. Also, I want to put these things in the monolith and find out what it does. The obelisk, yes. I'm very curious about what the things do. I really hope these ones don't scream. Counterpoint, I want to not point those things in the monolith. Knowing knowing genius, there might be... We have to be careful about that. It's liable to make it, us, the mountain, or anything, number of things explode if done improperly. Look, I've been here a day, but I, I'm just saying uh, I've spent most of that day fighting giant robots made by your friend, and I would like to, yes, find out what they do, and then decide whether we put them in the monolith. The robots were poorly designed, but implemented to help or replace us, whichever one. We... We basically have two things we need. We are worried about. We're worried about the genius, and we're worried about Shoko. We have two different leads to go off of. I I only say the genius because a they've potentially been missing longer, and b the sigil that we found 
was taken by the genius, so it seems like these two things are going to end up being one thing, probably. Slime votes for looking for the genius, as they recall signing an oath to moistness. Everyone remembers the famous moist pledge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, if none of you feel strongly enough to make a decision, either way, I'm going to make a decision. I want to plug some things into a thing. So we're going to go do that then. Just on the record, the only thing I feel certainly and strongly about is that I am very afraid of what will happen when you do this. Indeed, but also, I'm not going to never do this, so let's get it out of the way. Deal with it while we've got spell slots. While we're on the way, is it possible to look over those objects to see if there's any clues that might be upon them before we arrive at the workshop? 100% Neelith trusts Zaze to have a much better grasp of what these actually are, rather than just, oh, it's, it's the right shape for the hole. Like, Neelith's level of engagement with these things is like a toddler that's realised that the star shape goes through the star hole. Mm. <laughs> Ozzy's going to spend some time then, like, looking over these four objects as we approach the workshop. Yeah, it, it's totally fine. It's just triangle goes in the triangle hole, that's all. Yeah, like, like Ozzy has, like, three of them held in his scarf in one hand, and, and he's holding one of them in the other, and he's sort of flicking his finger and tapping it a little bit. It's like, hmm, this is very uncharacteristic of the genius. Despite the way they turned out and the fact that I destroyed the one that was coming to, ha to help me, I do genuinely think gen the genius was probably trying to help with these robots. Or replace us. <laughs> My suspicion is, if you were to make a, a spit of a stretch here, it was a contingency plan to keep the town operating in, the case, in case everyone in town were to abruptly disappear. But... What I'm saying is that I'm flicking my finger against this object and it's not bursting into flames. That is very uncharacteristic here. Hmm. The party takes the four objects back to the genius's workshop. Uh, none of you, except for Neelith, have been here since the good neighbors uh, were unleashed. So you also see the state of the genius's workshop for the first time in a while. And as Neelith learned with her crit, uh, there's no sign of a struggle. There's no sign that the genius left in a hurry. Uh, it seemed like they're working and right up to the point that they disappeared. And they have every, it's like, you're like, uh, if the genius just rolled up right now, they could go back to work like nothing happened. Um, and you, there's a trap door. Uh, Neelith uh, unlocked it already. And you all go down into the basement where there is a large obelisk with the genius's face on it and four slots for some kind of object. Uh, Aze will Aze will then uh, just nod over to Neelith and say, "In any case, you, uh, given your eagerness to uh, see how this plays out, uh, I give you I, full authority to." Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I get it. I, I will put the things in because then if it explodes, it's all on me. I get that. That does mean I get to put the things in the slots, and I think it's going to be cool. <laughs> I think it's going to be cool. Listen, as part of the moist pact that we have made, I think we're just in collective agreement to do this. You're just the one that proposed it, so it's only right to allow you to go through with it. I will take all the credit if this turns out to, to turn out really well, and Neela starts plugging in the uh, the various shapes. And Gigi gets all the blame if it fails. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm glad you understand. Uh, so you put the four objects into each side of the monolith, and a light comes on with a little error message which says, Fuel empty. <gasps> this is the thing that was being built. 
To my understanding, alcohol can be used as fuel. <laughs> I mean, from my understanding, that is correct. Alcohol can be used as fuel. <laughs> if we're making the thing work now, alcohol can be used as fuel. <laughs> all right. As you all do that, uh, you hear some. You hear voices in the workshop above you. <gasps> Two voices, and they say, "Prepare for trouble." And make it double. Oh my god. <laughs> to protect the world from devastation. To unite all peoples within our nation. To denounce the evils of truth and love. To extend our reach to the stars above. Kaboom! Kablam! Team genius blasting off at the speed of light. Surrender now or prepare to fight. Bloops! That's right! Austin, I've never been more happy to play Dice Funk. <laughs> do you want to go? Do we want to end there, or do you want to find out what Kaboom and Kablam are right now? I, I do. Can you- <laughs> we got. We got. We, we we have to end on seeing them to give the audience a week to figure out what how to draw them before we, you know, before we all die. That's true. You poke your head up out of the trapdoor into the workshop, and you see two. Flumps. The psychics, uh, jellyfish people. Uh, you've we've we've talked about one before. Ruth, the therapist. Uh, these two uh, are not her whatsoever. One has uh, the coloration of military camouflage, the brown and greenish uh, patches that are like you know army uh, uniforms, and the other is completely see through. I think you can see like. It's rudimentary interior. This one, ha- it has the appearance of almost a, a, a man of war, which I realize is not a jellyfish, uh, but it looks like one. Uh, they have very long, dangerous looking stingers. And in those stingers, they are carrying weapons. Uh, one has what appears to be just a slingshot, a child slingshot with a little rock. Not that dangerous looking. <laughs> uh, the other has a chainsaw. <laughs> I mean, I I bet I bet Team Rocket would have got more Pokemon if they'd had a chainsaw. <laughs> also, Bloops is there, and Bloops Bloops is Bloops has a gun. <laughs> what the Wait, fuck? Okay, fuck it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Can we take that? <laughs> Swallowed in their coats With scars of red tied round their throats To keep their little heads From falling in the snow And I turn round And there you go And Michael you would fall And turn the white snow red And strawberries in the summertime